Welcome to another special interview episode of the Overclock Today podcast. I feel a little bit offended that these do better than our regular show, but that's all good. Today we are talking Windows 11 with Fatty Boar, who is head of consumer um, for Microsoft MEA, and Colin Erasmus, who is the modern workplace and security business lead for Microsoft MEA. Gavin, interesting little tidbits that they gave us. It's like sparse. You have to listen to the whole thing to kind of like get a sense of, of, of what you're upgrading to. Yes, but I mean, I think along the way, they did highlight the five or six most important aspects of Windows 11. You know, the five or six most important. There's a gazillion things going on under the hood, of course. We know that. There's millions of lines of code that none of us will ever see or know anything about, but they highlighted the five or six top-end features that most people are going to get the most benefit from. So I'm pleased about that, because that, I think, is what our listeners want to hear. Are you psyched to upgrade now? I am, actually. I know it sounds like a lot of Windows 11 is just cosmetic changes. The icons are moved into the middle, and you know the, these windows will fly in from the side. But I actually think that in the end, I'm going to get a whole lot of productivity enhancement out of those things. I think once I get the hang of mastering them, I will, I will get the benefits definitely in my life anyway. So Okay. Yeah. So let's hear what they have to say. Excellent. Uh, yeah. So we are sitting down with, or at least talking to, Colin Erasmus and Fatty Bohr. Um, Colin, is, is, you are the... I'm I'm the modern work and security business group yes. lead. A long <laughs> a long title there. <laughs> or Microsoft South Africa, or at least the EMEA region. Um, obviously, Windows 11 has just launched too, and it's what what's this the seeding policy like, Colin? Because I see a lot of people have hardware that is compatible, but have not been. Uh, the message comes up and it says not ready for your machine yet. When can people yeah, actually I'm, expect to get into Windows 11? Yeah, I, I'm one of those, right? I have these three PCs here. One is a product I'm busy reviewing, and that instantly upgraded itself to 11. But my two actual PCs that I use for everyday work, they're telling me I'm compatible but not available yet, and I'm actually quite surprised. I know there would be a phased rollout, but I'm quite surprised that it's taken that long to reach me. It still hasn't reached me today, so... Yeah, I think Gavin, you, you and, and I think Lindsay, you touch on a very, a very interesting point. Um, and you would have seen that. That's what we, what, what we said at at launch is that not everybody is going to get it at the same time. It will be a bit of a phased rollout. And the reason why we do that is we want to make sure that the experience uh, is a good experience for 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 all. Um, and it's not the first time we, when when we went Windows 10, you would have seen a, a very similar sort of phased rollout. Um, and but but the main the main reason behind this is you want to make sure that the upgrade process and the process itself has been a, a fairly good one and is a fairly good one for 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 individuals. So I'd be quite keen to actually see Gavin the first one that did roll for you what the what the type of experience was like because that really is what we're after is is that everyone has a good experience. Right. Um, so why why would one of my PCs update but not the other two? It's just that Gavin said it's that phased rollout that we that we spoke about. So okay, so uh, so the phases are not country by country necessarily. No, There's no, some no. other kind of pattern at work. Oh. Correct. Yes. Yes. Okay. Fine. Uh, and then on the enterprise side, obviously this is very much in your in your scope. Um, the security requirements, hardware requirements um, that Windows 11 is mandating. How? What's the story behind that? Like, are we trying to upgrade 
entire enterprises to the current standard? And was it really that bad on Windows 10? Um, so look, not 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 at all. Um, we we definitely don't not saying to enterprises, you know, go and run out and go and buy new PCs. Um, you know, it's not a bad way of experiencing Windows uh, Windows 11. But um, we we sort of firmly believe that PCs that were bought within the last three to four years um, are at the standard uh, for the upgrade. Um, yeah. There are a couple of there are a couple of reasons why that was specifically um, done. The first one is um, reliability. So there was a lot of testing done on on Windows 11 on the minimum hardware requirement that you see today, um, and it is by far more superior. So in fact, we, we're at that 98, 99% mark from a, call it a crash perspective of the machine um, mm. at that hardware. So we want to make sure that people have got the best experience. It is a new operating system. It's a new area that we're in from a hybrid work standpoint. And one of the other major reasons was security. You know, over the years, we've done a lot around security between sort of the, the hardware and the operating system. Um, we do talk about, for instance, chip to cloud security, which is really what we're after. Um, and in some instances, um, the hard or the security is based very much on the virtualization that the hardware can actually give an individual. And that's also one of the primary reasons for that uh, minimum spec and for the 64-bit uh, um, CPUs that, that is required. Mm. Mm. The 64, but I guess is key to all that. Yeah. C correct. Um, and, and and look, we we also believe. I mean, you spoke about and we spoke about updating. I think Gavin asked the question from a consumer standpoint. Um, the one thing that we also tried to do was to try and remain as consistent as we could from a controls point of view in the enterprise as well. So things like the products that you would use today to manage Windows 10, as an example, you know, be that remote management. Um, we we we've tried to maintain that the product sets that you would use, so the configuration managers, et cetera, et cetera, within the enterprise, is the same product set that you'd use for Windows 11. So we do expect uh, for quite some time that Windows 10 and Windows 11 would would live side by side within an organization. Um, a lot of organizations have got a lot of change controls that they typically go through from a testing mm. point of view when they do adopt, uh, and that's the right thing to do, right? We want to make sure that you have that good experience. Um, even two things like app compatibility. You know, yeah. the, we we always after application compatibility to make sure that there's as least disruption as possible. Um, you know, I don't want to talk too much commercial yet, but we've also got programs in the commercial space where customers can actually test their apps with us. We've got a program called App Assure. Um, so if you're a customer that has more than 150 seats, you can uh, log an App Assure call with Microsoft, and we'll actually help you onboard your application if it has got com compatibility challenges um, and with that we actually launched another um, testbed product where customers can actually send their their applications into this testbed windows 11 will sort of automatically open the application close down the application and then using PowerShell, you can do a couple more detailed things um, to actually see whether your application would run successfully in windows 11 so we're trying to make sure that most open um, platform that we consistent in our controls um, and that we that we address those compatibility issues as far as we can yeah, I mean, that sounds very focused on the enterprise, which is great because they are probably still the lion's share of your customers. But if I can just swing back to consumers for a second, okay. Now, my magazine is entirely, tech magazine is entirely consumer focused. These people, however, still make decisions in their business lives as well. So some of them are also business decision makers, but they're primarily consumers. So um, my concern is that the way Windows is being pitched largely based on your own presentation, was it a week ago? Uh, two weeks ago, I believe. Um, there's a lot 
given to the cosmetics of how things will work. You know, there will be panels that fly in from here. There will be centralized icons here. And all those things we all know are fairly superficial. I mean, it's, you know, it's user interface, and that's very important. But I'm convinced there must be a lot more going on under the skin, under the hood, as it were, in a way that consumers won't necessarily understand technically what's been achieved with Windows 11. So I was wondering if maybe you can highlight one or two much more technical aspects of Windows 11 that will matter to consumers, even though they don't necessarily understand technically what's been achieved. Could you maybe highlight one or two issues there? Perfect. Yeah, 100%. So I think you, you, know, you hit the nail on the head. I think from a aesthetics point of view, that was one of the major changes. And, and, and the reason for that is you know if if you look at what we are trying to achieve with it as an example that simplicity you know, getting people connected to what they want um but but as you rightly state um there is a lot more that has happened under the bonnet um per se if you want to if you if you want to call it that um <laughs> you know we had a brief chat about security a lot of the security conversations that we had you know also applies to the consumer it, it applies to things like rootkit attacks um that have become quite common over the last while, you know, the ransomware tracks that we've seen, the consumer is going to be as exposed to those sorts of things. If you look at gaming uh, as an example, you know, there mm. were a lot of changes that were made to gaming um, as, as to, you know, the support for DirectX 12 Ultimate as an example. Um, right. And how and how we've had a look at the at uh, HDR or auto HDR um, with uh, within a within a gaming environment. Now now once again we can go fairly technically there, but it really does talk about how it renders and what it looks like within the game. Um, one right. of the other major changes that we did make or what we introduced was something called direct storage, which really does allow for a game to load a lot faster um, than what it would have done in the past. And and all of those sorts of things, you know, we we can talk about. Uh, the App Store as well. I think there were some major changes made made around the App Store as well. But a lot of those sorts of things that we speak about now, obviously, all under the hood types of technologies mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that you may not be aware of, but your experience, you should see it through the experience of playing a game, as an example. Okay. Thank you. That's yep. a good example. Yeah. Yeah, but a lot of those changes, I mean, they they like server-side changes. So it's not like specifically with your machine um, itself. So it's like, the Windows App Store, that sort of thing, it's it's off in the distance there. Uh, and that brings me to, to the question, is the virtual machines going to be upgraded to Windows 11? I know Gavin has a lot of experience with running Windows on Azure. Um, yes. And will that be compatible with legacy devices as well? Yeah, so will all of those now be upgraded to Windows 11? And then can I run it through my non-officially compatible device. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, so Windows, Windows 11 as an operating system will become available on a VM, 100%. Um, and, and yes, I mean, de depending on obviously what you have, you're streaming that, that uh, down to the, to the device itself um, and may not require the, the same level of hardware. Uh, have you, has there been a lot of work um, done to kind of optimize that streaming? Because like it's, it's an emerging market now. Uh, but in a country like South Africa where connection is spotty, um, it might be, are you optimizing for that use case? Yeah, so, so look, I think, uh, I mean, there's, com there's continuous optimization going on in things like the, like the data centers, uh, you know, and, and how we produce and how we stream that down to, to um, you know, to, to individuals, either being a consumer or an, or an organization. Um, you know, there's been there's been a release of some some other technologies. No, we won't get into it now, like Windows 365 as an example. Um, 
you know, once again, also optimizing that experience to make sure that uh, that an end user has the best potential experience. Um, I've, I've got a multi-million dollar question, and it is literally a multi-million dollar question. Why can't we just make Windows free for everyone right now? I'm sure you've been asked this before. Okay. For me personally, the last two or even three upgrades have been more or less free for me, maybe because I had great hardware and I had a recent version of Windows. But increasingly, we can see that Microsoft's revenue is not linked to products like Windows. I mean, it might be a, it'd still be a cornerstone of the operation, but Windows, uh, Microsoft's revenue is not so dependent on Windows at all. Why don't we just give, give Windows away for free to everyone right now? Well, Kevin, I think Windows has always been a core to our innovation, right? At at, yeah. uh, at Microsoft, it's always been there. It's always been core to our innovation. You know, we have got models through through the OEMs. Um, you know, where we provide the 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 operating system to the OEMs. They release the pieces and bring them out. So, I mean, mm. there, there, there's lots of various different revenue models uh, mm. that go around Windows, the the operating system, as well as the other products. Uh, that we have. Look, I'm mean, still going to remain core to the strategy of our business. Um, the reason why we brought it out now is that we we saw a an opportunity um, around the way the world has changed, right? The way people mm. want to use their devices. You know, you know, a lot of us have gone into that sort of um, smaller screen, you know, um, mobile type mode, um, and we really did. I mean, I think there was a big recognition that people are using things differently. You know, if I take take a look at my own my own kid. Um, you know, he's become a lot more of a PC person over the last while as he's had to learn from learn from home, mm. um, even gaming from that from that perspective. And I think that's what's driven um, a lot of that innovation and and the release of Windows 11. Okay, but if we if we're to assume, I don't really know what the split is in revenue for Windows between consumer and business, but I'm assuming the lion's share is going to be business. Then. Uh, why can't we just make it free for consumers? It seems to me that the Windows revenue must be quite minuscule compared to the cloud services, the Office, and all the Office add-on stuff, and um, you know w uh, Windows in in enterprise. I'm sure Windows consumer must be a tiny sliver. Is there not a reason? Is there a reason why we can't simply give it away that you're aware of? I mean, obviously, it, it remains core to your business, like you say. It's it's what you innovate on to get all your other products. But is there a reason why Windows itself can't simply be free? Oh, Gavin, I wouldn't be able to comment on that at this stage, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I, I think okay. it's, you know, I, I think it's, like I said, you know, this does remain a very core to 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 the business and and a, and our strategy has always been core to the business. Um, sure. You know, so and and there's a lot that obviously goes into it around the updates and and you know, as we update to make sure we try and keep. People as secure as possible. We do believe it's the most secure operating system. We want to make we want to make it an open platform, right? We want the developers to come and develop on top of yes. it. So, so yeah. All right, fine, fine, good enough for me. Mm. Um, and following on that, so Microsoft 365 is obviously like a very consumer-centric uh, solution. Is there going? Uh, what is the priority right now? Is it upgrading people? to Windows 11 or converting more people to paid subscriptions to Microsoft 365? I, I don't think, Lindsay, I don't think it's one or the other, right? I mean, they're two very different sets of, of technologies at the end of the day. Um, I mean, we want to make sure that people are enabled with the best you know, te technology that we have to offer. I mean, Office 365, I think, as, as you said, 
and has enabled a lot of consumers to do a lot of things in their work and their play in, in, in their learning and schooling. So I don't think it's one or yeah. the other. Um, I think, as we said in the beginning, I think was the question is that Windows 11, we expect to be a fairly gradual rollout um, yeah. you know, as, as it goes to make sure that we we give people that best uh, um, the best experience they can have. And then obviously on top of that is, um, like you said, Microsoft 365 or 365 being that productivity suite that that allows you to do what you need to do and connect and we want to make sure that that's also a great experience. So I don't think it's one or the other. Okay. No, it's just my experience, um, my current experience is that I don't really care about the platform. It's more like, like I access Microsoft through Microsoft 365. Like I, I can do that on my iPad or on a Mac or like wherever and I get the same level of service and the same access to everything else. So I'm very much platform agnostic. Uh, and I do feel like having that perspective that Windows 11, what I have played with up to now is more of like a cosmetic change um, for from a consumer perspective. And that it's like this kind of forced hardware update cycle that I don't think Microsoft has done enough to earn. Yeah, look, I, I don't, look I'm going to come back, I think, to, to what and the reason why we looked at Windows 11, right? Yeah. Was the way people are working with their devices today. Um, you know, we, we, we've seen it. I mean, I think more simplicity was one of, was, was one of the things, and I think you mentioned as well around the UI, was, was absolutely something that we wanted to do. We wanted to make sure that people were connected. You know, if you have a look at what people are doing today, it's around that connectedness, you know, being connected to loved ones and families, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, that, that was one of the other uh, principles. Content. You know, we talk about bringing things to, to or bringing people to the things that they love. So it was around the content and the widgets that were brought in there. You know, computer gaming, you know, has uh, has blown up in the last couple of years in 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 quite some in quite some way, right? And we spoke a bit about what's under the hood there as an example. Yeah. Um, and then ease of choice, I think, for us was also, and you mentioned it. I think that's around some of the changes that we have made, um, also around the, the hardware. You know, tablet experience has been changed. We've had a look at a lot of the accessibility within the product. That is something that we, we've always wanted to do. We've made some changes there. Mm -hmm. We've included AI in the, in the way the voice works as an example. So real dictation now, when you have a look at things, uh, dictating a Word document or an email as an example, yeah. um, made some really interesting changes there, including things like punctuation and accessibility straight from the start, You know, from, mm -hmm. from the lock screen, turning the rate on and things like that. So, I mean, there's been a lot of change within the Windows 11. I think some of them, as you rightly say, are pointed out to be cosmetic, but I think for all these reasons as well, I think it really does bring people closer to, the, to, to what, they, what they love doing. Awesome, that is a good answer. Uh, can, can I add one thing on that? Hi, everyone, yeah. by the way. I think, Hi. I think, Hi, Fatih. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just realized that I didn't open turn on the Skype app from, you know, for the microphone, so uh. I was just trying to make the settings within Skype. You know, you are you sometimes stuck on uh, on doing something again and again. It, uh, it's, yes, uh, you yes, know, yes. I'll pick the work yes. then, but anyway, I just I just I just want to you know share my 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 own experience. Like because all of us, like you know, Windows users, right? So uh, we've been using this product since 1980s, okay? So or yeah. like really, really getting used to that with the taskbar, with the you know, with the start, with the, with 1995 and so on. Anyway, so mm. I think the core differentiator that, for example, compared to the previous one is the is the usability that Colin also mentioned with the touch devices and the pen and so on. So 
I think the core aim of like making the the, the operating system is like more the, the the same experience that we are living uh, that we are using uh, that we are facing or that we we, we have that we are, we are having with our smartphones. So I think this this operating system is also uh, also targeting the newer generations who are see, who are finding you know uh, the 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 Windows operating system literally complex. Now it is much easier to use uh, from search functionality, from touch functionality, you know. And for all of these access accessibility features, so I think these these are these are some strong you know propositions behind the you know the uh, besides the cosmetics. So that's that's how I how I see it. I mean, when you try to use it with your uh, touch devices, you really feel the experience uh, compared to a previous one. Right. Well, related to that, perhaps we understand that you know consistent user interface and. Uh, changing things slowly and not too dramatically is important for the consumer. To, you know, you take them along the, the path as you develop the product. But will we see other versions of Windows coming? And the reason I ask is because personally, that sort of thing gets on my nerves. I understand why we might need another version of Windows that's more touch orientated or that functions without a keyboard. You guys have figured that out over time. But we're looking at all these other platforms now where I'm not convinced the existing Windows is going to happily just migrate to, let's say, for example, on a phone or in a car or on an appliance like a TV. I mean, you've got something going on with Xbox, for example, but I'm seeing that, you know, Windows and Xbox are slowly growing closer together over time. But my question is, will we see splinter versions of Windows that we will then have to keep track of because this one can do that, but this version can't do the thing you did on the other Windows and so on? Will there be splinter versions of Windows coming? Thank you. So look, I mean, it's 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 it's, it's not a something that we can share information because it's not something that we know as well. Okay. So okay. obviously, the company will work on on doing some upgrades, some changes going forward, and a, a functionality to to work in a, to give the better performance in multiple devices. And our company is is investing on the cloud business you know more than the any others so any other competitors so it's, it's our it's, it's our core center of our business so i think going forward we may be facing some you know enhancement a better experience in multiple devices uh go, using the windows platform obviously like xbox is also you know working on the windows platform as well okay so yes. so it's not something that we can we can separate, although it looks like you know different from the user inter interface point of view. So, uh, I think the, the the what we can say, what I can say, you know, as a kind of a uh, employee working like for the last fifteen years, we've been seeing tremendous changes, okay, within the company strategy, and the the adaptation to the to the feature is like dramatically uh, impressive. Especially like like for last for the last five years, and I think the cloud is our core center of this. And the shift to you know the user experience will more on uh, cloud. Uh, that's that's how I can say uh, from my point of view. I don't know, Colin. What would you like to add on that part? No, I think uh, I think agreed. I think um, you know, like like I said previously, is that uh, you know it's still core to the strategy. It's core to the innovation. 
Um, I think you've seen a lot of innovation that's at, at, at core to that. And I think it is to speaking, I think comes back to speaking to what uh, consumers and um, commercial businesses want and addressing things like security and the new cybersecurity landscape that, that we live in today. Mm. Okay, um, I'm I'm curious to to know why there was never a Windows 10s released to South Africa because I I had visions of that um, injecting a new life into some of my older devices um, <laughs> and what lessons Microsoft has learned or at least the Windows division has learned from that release and how it has shaped the App Store experience on Windows 11. Yeah. Probably. Okay. Uh, so, so I think very nice question. I mean, I would say like, uh, so the the strategy when we land the business, land the devices, is not something that we we you know we defi define on the strategy which device to land. So basically, you know, we are working very closely with our partners, specifically with the MNAs and so on. Uh, they have some, you know, uh, tries on Windows 10 S, as far as I know, in the previous years. And it didn't, you know, work very much or it, it was not that much easy to give that experience or to explain that experience to the consumer. And then they decided on the, you know, not to go with that lineup anymore. So that was, the, you know, the feedback that we had from the channel. So obviously when we when we are defining this strategy from, uh, from you know, uh, from, you know, the, your operating system point of view, we, it's not something that we define. It's something that we work with the MNAs, uh, you know, the silicon partners, and so yeah. on. And of all of those discussion, uh, you know, the MNAs decided to go with, you know, with the uh, with with not to go with 10s, uh, is, which is in some markets very popular, like specifically on the developed markets, I would say. Uh, so that's how it happened, uh, honestly speaking. So uh, it's not something that we define locally. Uh, that's we are working together with the MNAs. It's a kind of a big ecosystem, uh, but uh, that's the that's how that's what I can say uh, regarding the tennis. Okay, I have a question. Um, I probably need an answer from each one of you guys individually, and it's a slightly off base question. All my questions tend to be wondering off base. Um, if uh, Fatih, you can go first. If you were speaking to someone at a dinner party about Windows 11, I hope you don't speak to people about work when you're at dinner parties, but if you were at a dinner party and the person next to you wanted one good reason for them to upgrade to Windows 11, what key feature that you use is particularly useful for you that you think would be very useful to the person sitting next to you at the dinner table? A single feature, you mean? Yes. Right? It's a it's a tough and uh, uh, difficult question. Yes. <laughs> I think yes. I would say like the 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 work uh, workability with Snap feature at the moment. I mean, I'm using it a lot. Uh, okay, as a that's, kind of that's a how the frames, how the how the windows yes. will tile yeah, because, across the monitor. Uh, yeah. yeah, you have the across. Uh, you you can do multiple tasks very quickly. Uh, uh, maybe I can give you some top three stuff maybe, but like. I think that's that would be the one. I think the second one is the uh, the uh, the fast. Uh, you know, the, the I didn't. I think the it is it is the faster okay operating system that I have. It's, it's working very well, very quick. That I would okay. uh, I would say again. And thirdly, mm -hmm. I think the the things coming with uh, the the gaming experience, like 
you know, the auto HDR direct X12 ultimate and, you know, the, the direct storage as, as I'm a gamer. I think okay. these are really, really, really cool, you know, enhancements, you know, that we are really taking caring uh, from some experiences that we had with the Xbox, uh, Xbox community. Right. And Colin, if you were going to pick one feature that someone at the dinner table could understand, what feature would you tell them is worth moving to Windows 11 for? I'm going to come at it from a commercial point of view. I am going to come at it from a collaboration standpoint um, and what we've done to to integrate things like Teams into the operating system. Uh, you would know uh, the most famous 2020 or 21 saying, you're on mute. Um, <laughs> we've done yes. things like done integration into there. So you now have the, uh, the mute and an unmute button universally on the operating system bottom right. Uh, I can't tell you uh, how that has changed my life um, and also the ability to share things within uh, video conferencing like Teams uh, aspects. I think uh, I think that that would be my one. Um, but uh, it's unfair to ask me about one. There's a lot of lot of stuff and I love the under the hood stuff that we've done also from a security standpoint. Sure. Uh, well, those I, are great, I, great answers. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just one thing. Like, um, is is it? Although, like that functionality changes uh, looks. I think, I think the uh, looks a little bit simple. I think it's not that much simple. There are really smart changes. Okay, like small. It may look small, but the changes that, like, even from the, you know, the 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 file structure, the search structure. I think it's it's very usable, and as I said before, uh, before like with the touch, I think it's it's a great experience compared to previous versions. Okay, um, and that's about it for my formal questions. I have one final question, but Lindsay, uh, anything more from you? Um, I'll I also have a closing question, um, and it's about <laughs> the taskbar um, and the disappearance of the search bar in the taskbar. Um, how I are you guys? How are I you guys? The search bar. The search bar I, just kept filling up on my laptop. You know, it yeah. is an integral part to my experience of Windows. Um, mm. And I just want to know what your what the two of your um, taskbar setup is right now. If you're using the centralized one, if you have it off to the left, um, and have you adjusted to the changes that have been made? Uh, I am using on the centralized version, which I I really like it, and I, I think from search point of view. You, it's, it's very usable and so on. So uh, that's that's that will be my response. <laughs> okay, Colin. Um, Lindsay, from my from my point of view, I have uh, I'm in the middle, um, and I must be honest, uh, adjusted to it exceptionally quickly, um, and I and I do find it to be a, a lot calmer, if I have to be honest. Um, ah. from a from a background and I do find I can get to things quicker so definitely in the middle and I've actually simplified uh, my desktop as well um, I've, I've made it a lot cleaner just to go in with a the theme so that would be me okay um, my last question is not so much a question as a comment but perhaps you want to respond to this I think by my estimation Microsoft's probably the most powerful software oriented tech company in the world right now. I mean, there are other big tech companies, but software orientation is Microsoft's thing, right? And user interface as a result has been a big thing. So why is it that if I'm trying to set up some settings in my Windows 10, if I click through two or three panels, I end up with a really jarring experience of a sort of a Windows 98 style panel looking at me. 
So I've got the nice flat Windows 10 interface, but if I dig deep enough, two or three layers down, suddenly these old legacy boxes appear. I'm um, thinking of device manager and stuff like that. Um, if, if, Windows, if Microsoft is the biggest software company in the world, which I believe it is, how can they have these legacy boxes still hanging around in an operating system 10 years after they first appeared? You know, why have they not been modernized like all the other windows in the operating system? And if I go to device manager in Windows 11, is it gonna look like Windows XP? Because that's what's been happening. Hmm. Uh, Fatih, I don't know if you've had that experience. It's very jarring, you know, it's a jarring experience. The whole experience is so slick, so smooth, and then suddenly this kind of panel from the past appears. Is that? I, is I would, that a... I would, uh, yeah, I would argue on that. I didn't feel that experience. I respect on you, but I, uh, I think uh, so. It's, a, it's it's something that you know, building you know for years, and it's very difficult to meet the expectations for everyone. Okay, so. Uh, uh, you know, we when we had some changes on the previous one with some, you know, very uh, aggressive changes, then everyone searched for the taskbar start button back again and so on. Yeah. I think there is a, a kind of an existing traditional users, which is happy to use it with, the, you know, the mouse and the old version. Even I was uh, like five years ago, I was using this, you know, the in Windows 10, this traditional taskbar, which I'm a kind of a 40 plus person. So. Yeah. Uh, it's very difficult to, you know, to meet the expectations from everyone. That's how I see it. But I didn't really feel it, honestly speaking. I totally like, I, I, I didn't really re realize, you know, the cosmetics are really uh, changed. At, but, but it was changed. Uh, you were noticing that, but it was much easier on the, you know, the, 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 the upper taskbar when you open the new, new uh, window and so on. Uh, but that wasn't my experience on the thing as a really objective feeling. And I think the reason behind is like also to meet the expectations for every kind of a uh, Windows user because we shouldn't forget uh, we, we should also uh, I don't I don't know maybe companies also consider the traditional users as well. but that's again my commentary. that's that's I think how how it can be seen. It's very difficult to make everyone very you know, uh, yeah, satisfied. So, uh, you yeah. are you are saying that there is a lot of enhancements for like touch where, like on Windows 10 on the Surface Pro 7, I had a, I'm a, I'm a iPad power user. Just I need to preface it with that. Um, I found that when you undock the Pro 7 from the keyboard, then like just the taskbar kind of gets smaller, and then nothing fundamentally changed. So there was, it was very difficult to like access quick settings um, and to like switch between apps and stuff. Are there fundamental changes to how all of that works on a touch-based device on Windows 11? I think uh, when you, I think putting the, you know, this taskbar on the center was a some fundamental change, I would say, yeah. okay? And then, you know, you can, you can move the gestures within the files, carrying the files from, documents from one file to file. The one is another, I think, good enhancement that I would say. And when you click on, for example, the corner of the of the of the window, then you make it much more easy to carry and so on. These are some aspects that I would say. Uh, I don't know, like uh, that's yeah. It's very difficult for me to compare with the competitor. That's that's their uh, that that's their area that they are developing. But I think uh, that these are the you know the uh, the the. The great enhancements that I would uh, say, like uh, from the experience point of view, same for the pen as well. Yeah, cool. I, I'm just hoping that Windows 11, when I eventually do 
get it running on a touchscreen device is going to be make me feel like I'm a first party user and not like an. Uh, I mean, like the the, the the changing from desktop from with the, even the touch with the fingers and it's which is easier. I mean, I think you can use one desktop for your uh, and you, and it's it's much easier to use with your fingers and so on. You don't need to you know. Uh, yeah. And I, that's why we are also bringing this operating system to tablets, which I haven't had a kind of an experience to say a tablet so far. But that's why we are carrying that uh, that that experience to tablets as well. Awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's all from me. Gavin, do you have anything else? Uh, no, but I do want to thank you guys for your time. Thank you very much. I think you've given our listeners a lot of information to think about, and you've given them good reasons to consider Windows 11 seriously going forward. So thank you for your time, guys. I, my eyes are open now. I'm glad I snuck in that question to like say that I don't think that they have earned this upgrade. I'm still telling people to wait until the app that they most use on their machine sends them an email to say that they've up, you know, those, those announcements where it's like, we Windows 11 ready or like, yes, whatever. yes, yes. Yeah. So that, that's my top line kind of consumer advice. What is your takeaways here, Gavin? Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't heard, you know, I mean, the product's been out for two weeks. I haven't heard anyone say that anything big and important stopped working. I'm sure that has happened to people and the chances are, you know, something like that could happen to you. It could be a printer, it could be a webcam, you know, it could be a peripheral, or it could be a key piece of software that you use every day. But by and large, I haven't heard much about that. So I reckon I would take the plunge today personally, even though, you know, we've, I'm required to be highly productive. I think it's a worthwhile risk to get productivity enhancements. I, I'm prepared to battle through one or two things that don't work. And that might not even happen. So I'm ready and good to go today. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm still going to reserve judgment until I I have a touchscreen device in my hands that's running Windows 11 because my Windows 10 experience on the Surface Pro 7 was not ideal. Um, it was just like they they just made the, when you when you switch it into tablet mode, it just kind of makes everything a little bit roomier, which is not the best thing. And then there's like. I, I like the grumblings of these new gestures for like quick settings and for like moving your windows around and all that thing. But I still don't feel that Windows is a touch optimized operating system. Yeah, there might be a good reason why Apple still has one operating system for the phone, one for the tablet and different mm. one for the PC. There might be a reason for that because they are usability and interface kings still. But I mean, Windows has done pretty good. I've used Windows on tablet and not been put out by it. But as usual, you're being way more demanding than I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. thanks, thanks for listening. I hope you, your mind is at ease now. I hope you're in a better position to make a decision to hit the upgrade button or to buy the new PC because this is, I still believe, a forced hardware update. And we will catch you on the next one. Cheers, guys.